Welcome. Thanks for joining us today on The Venture Podcast. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you along your journey. Thank you. Thank you. It's an honor to be here, and thank you for having me. My name is Rashid. I was born and raised in Morocco to a Muslim family. My dad was an imam of a mosque, and I was the second in my siblings. My oldest brother was born with something called cerebral palsy. So when I was born, my dad considered me as the one who will be his successor. He started taking me to the mosque since I was four years old. He started teaching me the Quran and the basics of Islam. My family was a conservative Muslim family. I memorized one-sixth of the Quran by the age of six. I loved my dad. I loved Islam. I loved my Muslim family, I loved people around me. Actually, I was proud of my dad because wherever he goes, people kiss his hand and they give him the first place and I just was wishing one day I'll be like him. Until I was 12 years old. You can see the first slide, a picture of my dad and uh, my first brother on the slide here, um, you can see my dad is putting his hand on me. My mom just took the veil for the sake of the picture. This is a family picture not to share with the audience, but obviously I'm breaking that rule. Um, at age of 12, I had to move to Casablanca because we didn't have middle school next to us. And by the way, even school, my dad objected school first because for him, learning the Quran is much better than going to a secular school. So um, a fight between my dad and my mom resulted to a deal that I will go to school and the rest of the time I'll spend it in the mosque. So I had no life for me, just the mosque and school. At age of 12, they had to move me to Casablanca because the middle school was far away from us and the only way I can go to middle school is to live with my uncle in Casablanca. When I was 12, I had plenty of time to spend at night, especially during Ramadan. During Ramadan, we have to fast. And I didn't have to at that age, but Muslim families encourage their kids to start fasting early, even at 11, 10, just fast what you can. So we have to stay late in order to fast during the day. When I tried to just spend time, I was tuning a radio a little small radio, you can see it in the slide here, like this. I was tuning and trying to listen to anything that have Arabic. Then suddenly I hear something about Jesus from TWR, Transworld Radio. It was the first time I hear the message of the gospel. We know Jesus as Muslims, but we know him differently. He's not the one who was crucified. Somebody else was crucified instead of him. He's not divine. He's not God himself incarnated in the flesh. So when I heard things about him differently, it was like a blasphemy for me. It was the first time I heard Jesus is Lord. I was trying to cover my ears. Then I heard he was crucified for our sins. That was another blasphemy for me. I was frustrated as I was hearing these things. 
one side of me want to listen to the whole thing because I'm curious to know. And another side just says, just turn it off. The, the curious side won. So at the end, I kept the listening until the end, and then they gave an address. I took the address on my hand. Next day, I just wrote everything I know about Jesus from the Quran, and I insulted those guys, and I sent a letter to them. <laughs> because for us, as Muslims, we always saw conspiracy theories against us. People are, are trying to divert us from our religion. The Christians and Jews are our enemies. The West hates us. They are trying to take us from our religion because it's the best. Well, I send them all these pages and then after a few weeks I got a response and it was not satisfying. That led me to four years correspondence courses. <laughs> Back and forth. I discovered that I was ignorant about Christianity. I was accusing Christians from my Muslim perspective. Then back and forth, and you have to know Morocco is, so, so many people, they don't know Morocco. Some, some people say Monaco when I say I'm from Morocco. And one time I, I told them, do you know Spain? They said, yes. I said, we are the neighbors down there. We're their neighbors. But anyway, Morocco is uh, 30 million, 34 now, 34 million people, and we don't have indigenous Christians. When Islam came in the seventh century, just wiped out Christians from that area. And you have to know that Morocco used to be, uh, the native Moroccans are Berbers, we call them Berbers, but they are not actually Berbers, they call themselves Amazigh. The Berbers is an insult for them because it comes from an origin word that means barbarians. They don't like that. So anyway, Berbers, they were in Algeria, Morocco, Tunisia, Libya, all these places were Berbers. And that's where St. Augustine came from. If you hear Augustine of Hippo, he was Berber. St. Tertullian, he was Berber. So the, the church in North Africa was a strong church if you hear something about the church of Carthage, it was in Tunisia. That's where we got the term triunity. Tertullian, he's the one who made that term. We still use it as Trinity today. And uh, Simon of Cyrene, he was from Libya. Saint Mark, is, he was either from Libya or Egypt. So that place is rich of Christian heritage. Until now, Berbers, they make crosses on their bread and crosses on their homes. They, didn't, they don't know the origin of that. So when, Christ, when Islam invaded our countries in the seventh century, just wiped out Mus, uh, Christians and turned the whole region to a Muslim region. So we don't have native Christians. We don't have Bibles. We don't have anything. And imagine a child at 12 trying to study Christianity. He doesn't have Christians around him. He doesn't have a Bible. So they sent me the first book, it was the Gospel of Luke. I was trying to study the Gospel of Luke with a perspective that's the book of Christians and the only book. I discovered I, ha I still had 65 to go. <laughs> they tried to send me the whole Bible. Every time they say, we send you one, I don't receive it. They tried more than 20 times. And then one day, the mailman just brought a book 
without an envelope, without an address, without anything, discovering it, and just said, I want to see an adult in this house. So I called my uncle. He came. He said, this kid will get you into trouble. He gave him the book, though. My uncle asked me, what are you doing? I said, I'm just curious. I promise. I'll stay Muslim. I just need that book. He said, are you serious? You're not doing anything wrong? I said, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm just curious. I want to know. He said, okay. He gave me the book. I ran to my room. I locked it, and I started reading. That was my daily reading every time I came back from school. You can't imagine how that book changed my life. I was, every night, I sit and I put the Quran and the Bible and compare between the two until I found the truth. I was shocked. My whole fate was wrong. My dad was wrong. My family was wrong. My society was wrong. I couldn't bear that. Sometimes I put the Quran and the Bible in front of me and I stay on my knees until four o'clock in the morning and I say, God, just help me with tears. I cannot take it. It's more than what I can bear. It is stronger than me. What am I going to do? What am I going to say to my family? And back then, I didn't know even the salvation prayer. So I just said, God, I think I'm a Christian. And then I sent a letter to my friends. I said, I think I'm a Christian. So they send my address to a missionary in Morocco, and they say, you need to check this guy. He sent me a letter from Casablanca with his name, address, with his phone number. And he said, call me. I called him. We made an appointment downtown Casablanca. He invited me to a coffee shop. We met there. He asked me a few questions. He said, who is God? I said, God is God. He said, who is Men, I said, men, it's just you and me. And he said, what happened? I said, we sinned, I guess. He said, well, what did God do? I said, I think he was crucified on the cross for us. He said, yes, right. And I said, did you believe in that? I said, yes, I believe Jesus was crucified for my sins. He said, you're a Christian. I said, of course. Did they send you to test me or something? And he said, would you come with us? I said, who are you? My conspiracy theories. He said, well, we are people, Christians like you. We gather in a home and we pray. I said, but who are you? I don't want to have Americans. It will be suspicious for me. They said, no, Moroccans like you. Are you kidding? Moroccans, Moroccans? Not half Americans, half Moroccans. He said, no, purely Moroccans. Just like me, just like you. Christians, Christians. I thought I'm the only one. He said, well, it's a bummer. You're not the only one. (laughs) So I went next day. I couldn't sleep. Next morning, I went to that meeting. And then when I went there, I found Moroccans like me. Just stay sitting around the table studying the book of Matthew. 
having Moroccan tea, having Moroccan conversations, just two foreigners are with them trying to open their apartments for them. I couldn't believe my eyes. It was like a dream. I asked each one of them to tell me his story, his testimony. Each one of them has a similar story like me. Radio correspondence courses coming to Christ. It was an amazing thing. So my friends started becoming different. I changed my friends. I changed my habits. I changed everything. I stopped going to the mosque. Somebody told my family, told my mom and my dad. My mom couldn't believe it. So she came one day. She gathered the whole family to know the truth. They asked me. They said, one day they asked me, they said, are you a Christian or a Muslim? I said, that's between me and God. They said, no, you have to tell us. It's serious. And then my mom, she said, just say the testimony, the, 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 the Muslim creed, that there is no God but Allah and Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. I had few seconds to think about it because I wanted to save myself. But in the same time, I couldn't deny my Christ. I was struggling for a few seconds and then I said, mom, I cannot say it. For an until now, when I remember those moments, it was surreal. I just remember hearing voices and listening to my mom crying and people spitting on me and cursing me and saying, get out of here. I left, not knowing where to go. I was end of my 16, beginning of my 17. I was homeless for two years, sleeping in the street, not having something to eat, just trying to find a place every time, trying to find food, trying just to survive. I went to my missionary friend for a few times. My friends in that underground church, few times they helped, but I stayed two years homeless. I cried. I prayed. I didn't understand why. God, I just believed in you. Where are you? But those were the best moments in my life. I had nothing, only God, and one Bible with me. That's it. So many times I slept in the street. I just put something and I sleep. So many times. I walked for hours not knowing where to go. But God was with me every time. At the end of those two years, my missionary friend, he said, you should move in. You can see the pictures. Um, this is when I, I had some friends visit me. And the next picture, this is where the missionary hosted me in his home. And you can see me here. So I stayed with them. And you can blame them for my, for my English as well. Then, later on, I was able to go back to school. I was able to find a part-time job, and I was able to rent my own apartment. And I found a beautiful girl. She is from a Muslim family that became Christian as well. And we got engaged, and we got married. On our first, on our honeymoon, my brother ran away from my family, came to live with us. And I said, it's the wrong time, brother. <laughs> and they said, I'm not leaving. 
And I said, don't do this to me. And he said, I'm not leaving. Well, you're welcome then. And next day he said, I want you for a private conversation. I said, yes, go ahead. He said, I'm a Christian. I said, no. You're kidding. He said, I'm a Christian. That's why I ran away. Well, I said, well, I didn't run away because I'm a Christian. They kicked me out, so don't try to make it an excuse. It's not a joke. I thought he was just playing that. He said, he started crying. He said, you think you're the only smart guy here? Well, I said, obviously I'm not, but still, like, what do you know about Christianity? Well, he said, well, do you remember your correspondence courses? I said, yes. Where did you put them? In boxes at home. He said, well, I stole all of them, read them, put them back. So God dealt with him and said, do you know why I came to you? I said, no clue. He said, because I saw a dream. I saw a vision. Jesus appeared to me. I was drowning. He gave me his hand. He rescued me. He said, go to Rashid. I, I, I couldn't believe it. God was working in my family without my knowledge. Anyway, to make the story short, in 2003, we opened our apartment for a church. And in 2003, I was exposed to the police. They started coming to my house. They started arresting me, investigating me. My wife had a miscarriage. Every time I get out from my apartment, I look around because I was waiting. Either I will be arrested or somebody will stab me. Life became difficult. We had to leave. Then when we decided to leave, we left without knowing what to do. My heart stayed in Morocco. I loved Muslims. I loved serving. We had a great ministry. But here I am outside of Morocco. Then a friend of me called me and he said, we have a ministry on TV. Would you like to join us? I prayed about it. I was scared because I know what it will mean. It means that I will be under daily threats and I might lose my life, especially if I share my testimony, my face, my name, and I start comparing between Islam and Christianity. When I got that offer, I prayed one month and I was reading the story of Stephen in the book of Acts. I went to my wife and I said, we are just cowards. We are trying to reject this offer because we are afraid of losing our lives. But look at the book of Acts. We are proud of those heroes because they sacrificed and that's why we are Christians here. But when it comes to us, nobody wants to sacrifice anything. So I am in, she said, I'm in too. So I went on air for the first time I shared my testimony, then since then, I was serving in TV since 2006. It has been 13 years. During those 13 years, I have seen thousands of souls coming to the Lord through media. I will share, um, here's a just picture from Middle East. Somebody just took us 
a shot and send it to me from a coffee shop where people are watching my show there. I will share with you a little, a short video, a phone call from a Muslim calling from Europe, and you will get to taste what kind of calls we get on the program. Let's play it. Akhi Muhammad, ahlan bik, tfaddal. Akhrashid, ana sardi tariban shi shahar. Bittah li anta net min subuh, bittaraj al halaqat sual jadid, وتمنيت من اي شيخ من اي شيخ ان كان من الطائفه السنيه او من الطائفه الشيعيه يجاوبوك يردوا عليك بسؤال من الاسئله اللي كنت هذا اول شغله وثاني شغله انا يعني من الاساس انا كنت اخ رشيد انا من الاساس كان في صراع جوات وبعض جوات صراع نعم وده شيء طبيعي لانه الانسان بطبعه هكذا يعني في صراع في بحث عن الحقيقه في انسان مشتاق انه يجد اجابات وايه اللي خلاك انك تريد ان تصير مسيحيا ما, ال- ما الذي اعجبك في المسيح المسيح كله تسامح يعني انا عندي اصدقاء مسيحيين اخ رشيد نعم. كله بتلاقيه كله تسامح يعني اذا بيتحدث معك بيتحدث معك بلهجه عاطفيه بلهجه بحسسك انك بني ادم بحسسك انك بني ادم طيب اخ محمد طالما انت طلبت انك نصلي معك وانا مستعد اصلي معك وناس كثير عبر العالم يعني بطريقه رمزيه سيتحدون معنا انه يساندونا في هذه الطلبه لانه هي اشتياق ملايين من الناس في العالم الاسلامي هم عندهم نفس الشوق اللي عندك فخليها تكون نابعه من القلب يعني كل كلمه حتى لو رددت ورايا ترديد الكلمات لا يفيد شيء لكن لو عنيت من قلبك سيكون له معنى كبير عندك انت وعند الكثيرين في العالم كله هل انت مستعد مستعد اتبعني في هذه الكلمات قل له يا رب انا اشكرك يا رب انا اشكرك لانك حررتني لأنك حررتني يا رب لأنك طلعتني من سجن يا رب لأنك طلعتني من سجني يا رب املأني بالمحبة يا رب بالمحبة يا رب حررني يا رب حررني اغسلني اغسلني يا رب خليني أبدأ بداية جديدة معك أخي محمد قل ورائي يا, يا رب يا يسوع اقبلني يا رب يا يسوع اقبلني باسمك الغالي باسمك الغالي آمين آمين أنا يا أخي محمد بكيتني شو 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 ذنبي أنا يا رب خليتني <تصفيق> خليتني أبكي بكيتني معاك لأنه أنا حاسس بيك We receive a lot of these kind of calls. We receive death threats. We receive insults. We receive all of it. But we are glad to do it because we have seen the fruit. Let me share with you why we preach the gospel to my people. In Romans 9, from 1 to 3, the Apostle Paul says, I tell the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. 
my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have a great sorrow and continual grief in my heart, for I could wish that I myself were a curse from Christ for my brethren, my countrymen, according to the flesh. When I first read these verses, it just struck me that the Apostle Paul used three times, three different sentences to emphasize something big he's going to tell us. I tell the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit. So he brings Christ, he talks about himself and brings the Holy Spirit. Three witnesses. Why? Because what he's going to say later is very important. Probably nobody will believe him. That's why he wants us to believe it's literal. He meant it. It's not an exaggeration. That I have a great sorrow. He had a great sorrow inside of him, in his heart. It's out of love. He loved his people. And the grief is continual. It's deep inside. But it pushes the Apostle Paul to do something. It's not grieving only. He acts upon it. Then he says something very, very important. I couldn't believe it the first time I read it. For I could wish that I myself were accursed from Christ. You know what he's saying here? If, if, if there was a possibility that I lose my eternity to save my people, I will do it. If, I, if that possibility existed to sacrifice my own salvation for the sake for, of my own people, I will do it for them. What a great love. I could wish that I myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my countrymen, according to the flesh. But when you read about those people, what they did to him, you will not believe that the Apostle Paul was ready to do that for them. He says in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty four to 27, he says, From the Jews five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, etc. So he went on to say all what he went through for preaching the gospel to people he loved. He could have just lived his life after receiving Christ. The same with me, I could have just lived my life without doing anything to reach Muslims. I left my country. They threatened me. They interrogated me. I lost a child because of them. I was afraid they would stab me. Why would I just, just live my life? Why would I risk my life for them? Well, that's not Christ. Christ sacrificed himself for us. And he loved and forgave even the ones who crucified him. That's our Christ. It's to sacrifice for others so you can change their lives. And I'm telling you, I have seen so many lives changed because of this love. I will end with this story so you can understand where Muslims come from. I had so many back and forth arguments with my dad. We argued a lot. 
One day he was so mad at me. I said, Rashid, why you brought shame on us? I cannot lift my eyes in front of my own people. They use you against me. They insult me, saying, go preach to your own son who left your religion. Why you did this to me? I was crying. I was in tears. I said, Dad, I wish it was something else. I could have changed it for you. Then suddenly, because it was heated discussion, I said, I'm tired of this, Dad. What Islam asks you to do? And he just looked at me surprised and he said, what do you mean? I said, what Islam asks you to do in this case? You know it, Rashid. I said, no, I want to hear it from you. He said, you know, kill you. I said, please do it. I forgive you. I just want to leave. I want to leave in peace. He said, no, I can't. I said, why? You're my son. I can't. I said, see, you have a heart, but the God whom you are serving doesn't have one. This is the problem of Islam. They are just people like you and me. They have their problems. They have their struggles. They have their weaknesses, but they don't know better. They are serving the wrong God. It's our duty as Christians to present the right image of God to them. The God of love who loved us and died for us on the cross. I wouldn't have known him if people didn't take it seriously and went on air and preached the gospel through TWR. So it's our duty to reach to Muslims. And we have seen the fruit. And I am still continuing doing that, even if the risk is to lose my life. I'm willing to do that for my people. So God bless you. Thank you for having me. And I just want to say this. When you think about Muslims, don't think always about the bad news coming from there. There is a lot of good news coming from there. And I'm sure that God has a purpose why you are here today. Probably to start praying for the Muslim world. Probably to be involved in ministering to the Muslim world. Thank you. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for each one of us here today. Thank you for my brothers and sisters Thank you for bringing us from different tribes and nations and backgrounds and making us a family. Thank you for your salvation. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for everything you have done in our lives. We ask you to use each one of us in the rest of our lives in a mighty way so we can be tools and vessels for your love to show it to others around us. Make us the salt of the earth, as you said. Make us reflect your light to others around us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Rashid. We hope today's message encouraged you in your journey of faith. To keep up with the latest messages and what's happening, make sure to subscribe to this podcast and visit venture.cc. 